Welcome to the Chicago Bears Podcast. A presentation of ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Here's your host, Pat, the designer. Bear Down Bears fans, welcome into another episode of the Chicago Bears podcast. We got Courtney in here two times this week, finally. Uh, normally we have Yurko sit in on one of these days. Courtney, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm all right. Excited to be uh, back on another podcast. Excited for schedule release day, even though like half of the people on Twitter are wrong. Yes. The other half are, are getting very lucky. And then there's just that third section of people that actually know the schedule that are just like, eh, I'm not telling you. The NFL <laughs> loves to make this a primetime event. And I think teams, their social departments have their Super Bowl today because it is really cool to see how the schedule is released on Twitter and the videos that are put out yeah. and the creative element that goes into this. And for some teams who manage to keep their schedule or the majority of it under wraps up until the time of that we have the release at 8 p.m. Eastern. It's kind of cool. I'm not a huge schedule release person, though. I'm not going to like come on this podcast and be like, oh, my gosh, we're tracking it every single movement weeks one through 18. And it's all accurate because you're right. There are accounts out there who yeah. consistently get things wrong. Remember, everybody thought the Bears were going to Germany as of last week. Well, well that's, that's not all accounts, you know. So, it's, 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 be some reporting on that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, no, you're you're 100 right. Like, and that I think that's the fun. There's still people to think that. By the way, I don't know if you've checked the Chiefs <laughs> Twitter at all, but they're like, oh my god, we have a bye week after Germany, and it's like you're not you're not going to Germany. Uh, but yeah, we're going to get into a ton of schedule release stuff, uh, release stuff today. Um, Got to get into some of the marquee matchups that we have here. We're starting off the season versus the Packers, so that's huge. And then uh, a little strength of schedule talk. Bears win three games and still get a 500 schedule. That doesn't seem right in my book, but hey, we'll see what that ends up being. And then finally, Bears are still so... They, they, they really do run the entire league. They're like a national they, brand. They are, a char- they are the charter franchise. And even though they're bad, every now and then they just remind you of like, hey, listen, we can do what we want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so all of that and more in today's episode of the Chicago Bears podcast. Hit that like button. Subscribe to the page, man. We do talk Bears Monday through Friday. Let's get into the show. First quarter. First quarter. First quarter. No, I'm just playing. Uh... <laughs> There's so many people in the comments. There's either we love the first quarter thing or it's just like, there's so much noise. I hate this thing. And it's like, shut up. Keeps people on their toes. We're going to listen. When you start to fall asleep on the pod, it wakes you up on the train. Uh, We got the Packers matchup week one, Courtney. Mm -hmm. (sighs) America's game of the week. Is this going to be a tone setter? for what this season could be. You get Jordan Love here, first game of the season. Um, I think that it's going to be a serious tone setter for them. But I think the fact that Justin Fields has an opportunity to go not only beat a team and show what he can do, but possibly do it against our rival, that could set the tone for what this season could absolutely be week one. And to get the Packers at home week one, too, that's... I think a great way to open things up and show, hey, this is year three for Justin Fields. What does he look like? It's America's game of the week. So it's kind of prime time. Like it's in that 325 central time slot. So you have a lot more eyeballs on your product. And guess what? The guy who did the discount double check uh, a couple of years ago when he claimed that he owns the Bears, 
he's not on that team anymore. Yeah. 15 seasons of dealing with Aaron Rodgers is, is no longer. So you now have a new test in Jordan Love, and you get to see what this Green Bay team looks like. Are they picking up the pieces and having to start all over? Are they picking up the pieces and maybe they're not starting at ground zero? Maybe they are a little bit further along in this thing than maybe we would have expected with the big quarterback change. Right. Either way, Pat, it's going to be a change because it's a different guy under center. And the Bears, unlike the Eagles or the Chiefs, or I know there's a handful of other teams that have seen a glimpse of Jordan Love, the yeah. Bears haven't seen that. So It'll be so different because the magnitude of this rivalry is still one of the biggest ones in the NFL. And I will say, I think that in my years of being in the NFC North, I think that Vikings Packers has surpassed Bears Packers in terms of like of relevancy of the rivalry, yeah. at least lately. But now you have a clean slate if you're the Bears and the Packers looking at this rivalry, realizing that the thorn in your side, the guy who had, what, a 24-5 and record in his career against the Chicago Bears, he's not there anymore? Yeah. I'm just, there's the, the amount of unknown makes that so intriguing. And to start things out knowing that the NFC North is wide open this year with a chance to jump out to a hot start. Remember last year, everybody was down on the Bears thinking they weren't going to win in week one. And yeah. of course, the monsoon yeah. played into that in a young quarterback who there were a ton of unknowns about. Probably as many unknowns with Trey Lance as there are with Jordan Love. Who knows if that's not the same result where... The expectation, I'm sure a lot of people will pick the Packers to win that game just because of the rivalry and the history and the results year after year. But I wouldn't put it past um, you know, the, the smart money to be on the Bears in that game. And I know we have a long way before we start predicting the schedule and yeah. having we don't even know what it really looks like yet, except for that one game. But it's it's a good tone setter. I like that you use that word because I think there's a lot of intrigue built off this game, having your NFC North opponent in week one. We know that when these two teams have opened up in the past, especially 2018, yeah. like th that was a really exciting game. So you can only hope that it would replicate something that looks like that. And I think, see, for me, I think a lot of people are going to because, listen, they no matter what, the, the the everybody loves Justin Fields. I think that more people are scared of what the Bears might do with Justin Fields. But it seems like everyone actually loves Justin Fields <laughs> in the national media, different things like that. Um, so I think that there there might be a lot more people who side with the Bears in this, which that's going to be an interesting thing for me to see too, right? Like, hey guys, Bears are favorites they, at home, and you know what I mean. Like, Packers. they're wow. not picking you to be the worst team in this situation. They're not picking you to come out and lose. There's, I'm not saying everybody's going to do it, but right, like, how do you deal with actually having the pressure of people believing in you now, and now you have to go out there and do it? I think that's something interesting to really keep an eye on as well. Yeah. No, I mean, that'll be, depending upon what this, the rest of this offseason looks like for Green Bay and for Chicago. We know that Jordan Love talked to the media for the first time this week, yeah. and some of the initial reports are that, of course, there's going to be a learning curve for Jordan Love and where he gets, you know, in his progression from Aaron Rodgers. It's going to look different. Yeah. But how... How much does he have to learn to get up to speed now that it is his team? Justin Fields has the edge on that. Justin yeah. Fields has been the starting quarterback here for the better part of two full, not two full seasons, but because he, you know, took over about half, what was it, halfway through the 2021 yeah, took season? Took over, uh, what was that week? Was that week six versus after, Cleveland? Yeah, after the Dalton injury. So, yeah, week six versus Cleveland on the road. And of course, never gives a job back as a starter. He's got 
a leg up in spite of the fact that it has been a roller coaster yeah. for Justin Fields. But thinking about where he's at in his trajectory in this offense, another year where Jordan Love has been in the same system but hasn't been the guy, I think you'd give Fields the advantage in that matchup if you're looking at quarterback against quarterback. But again, all of the unknowns between these two, and it's a young group of quarterbacks. It's just so different. You don't have the Aaron Rodgers, yeah. David versus Goliath matchup against whomever he's playing when that quarterback is a young quarterback under the age of 25 that's not Patrick Mahomes. It doesn't feel insurmountable for the first time since game one against Khalil Mack. Mm -hmm. Like that, the, that's the only time that Aaron Rodgers didn't feel like an insurmountable force. Like when it, we saw game one, we were like, oh, wow, we have somebody that can knock him down and take the football out of his hands. And then the Bears win later that season. I don't, did Aaron not play? I think Aaron played Aaron that. got hurt in that he first game. That first comes game. back yeah. and he wins. I don't yeah. know what happened to that ankle, but he won, he, they won that game. But Oh, we know. <laughs> that, <laughs> we know. Well, like, we think, saw the eyes, Aaron. I saw the eyes in the postgame. Think about what happened in that game and the momentum it gave the Bears, despite yeah. losing. That was one of the most exciting Bears-Packers game that I can remember watching in recent memory. I can't even think of one that's been more exciting. Jay, Jay didn't have one. Jay lost a lot. Jay lost a lot versus the Packers. I think Jay beat the Packers twice. Um, maybe. That's sad. Maybe 06? It's been a while. Maybe 06? Oh, my God. When you have We've a quarterback who has like 20-plus wins against your team. like <laughs> This is why I said it's not a rivalry. It's been a drumming. Like yeah. you said, the Vikings and the Packers has surpassed that. I think that I do like this, though. Like I, I like that you brought this point up. Now is it, it is a clean slate. It is a reset of everything, right? Because it's not just Jordan Love, right? Christian Watson's pro and Romeo Dobbs, two young guys over there, right? You still got the running backs in, in A.J. Dillon and... Um, can't think of the other one's name. The other one. Aaron Jones. Thank you. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I mean, like you two new tight ends. You, you, that they got, two new tight wide end. receiver. You have a lot of youth on both sides. We've talked about the youth on the Bears. And so I think that there's going to be a lot of like a reset of mentality, a reset of kind of what this what this rivalry could be. And I, I love that we're getting to that point now. Yeah, it should be good. And I mean, the NFC North is going to be wide open this year. Of course, the early idea is that it's Detroit's for the taking. Isn't that wild to think about a Detroit Lions team that has been the laughingstock of the NFC as a whole, and particularly this division, in despite the fact that they finished, you know, a spot ahead of the Bears in right. the standings in the division, but the Lions are now the team to beat. Like, what world do we live in? And <laughs> I am Rogers isn't here and the Lions are the team to beat. I'm so excited to see what their schedule looks like. All of it, because we know the NFL put out the opener yesterday yeah. and the Lions and the Chiefs, yeah. the Super Bowl winning Chiefs of yeah. last year are facing off against each other in prime time in week one. Lions didn't have a primetime game scheduled at schedule release date last year. Of course, that uh, Lions-Packers game, because there were playoff implications at the time, ended Got up getting flexed, flexed in, yeah. into Sunday Night Football in Week 18. But now the Lions are going to be getting some primetime spots. I'm excited to see Dan Campbell's squad now going into year three of this rebuild 
and what they look like in primetime games. I never thought I'd see the day. I never thought I'd see the day where we said lions this much and actually meant it, it actually meant something. Like I, I'll, I'll give you, I'll say this about what, what the lions are. I do have, I think that the lions are going to take a step. I do have the same reservations about the lions that I had about the Vikings that I had about the bears in 2019 coming off of 2018. You're when you win a little bit more, you mm-hmm. play tougher teams. You are you going to look the same as you did playing the commanders? You know sure. what I mean? So I think that that is that is something to keep an eye on. But the Lions open it up against the Chiefs. Like, I, I don't think it's just right. Like Lions pride or whatever they call their fan base over there or uh, Detroit as a whole hyping this up like the NFL believes. Mm-hmm. That the Detroit Lions are the team to beat in this division. I think they're showing you that with this this start of the season. Yeah. Otherwise, they would have probably put. They had so many other uh, options for the Week One opener, and of course, it's always the super defending Super Bowl champion because yeah. they want to raise the banner, they want to do all that stuff. But they had they could have done Bengals Chiefs instead of making that a Week eighteen Week seventeen game. They could have made that the opener. Yeah. There could have been they could have redone Bills Chiefs like. There were so many different options, yet the NFL pointed to that and said, we like what they're doing in Detroit. We think that Jared Goff versus Patrick Mahomes, you want a quarterback matchup. Yeah. They could have picked that. They, they see something there that they don't see. Well, not that they don't see, but like it's the unknown of what does that group look like? Let's not forget Jared Goff went to a Super Bowl. Like, let's not forget that. That wasn't that long ago, and he clearly has re- reinvented himself, Pat. The, the Rams in, went to a Super Bowl. He went with them. I mean, he was still a big part <laughs> of getting them there that season. A system quarterback is a yeah. good system quarterback. He was right a good system, system quarterback. And I think he's doing that in Detroit. Yeah. So, I like what I really am intrigued by this. I know a lot of people are like, oh my goodness, we have to see the Lions open up against the Chiefs in week one. I'm more intrigued by that game than I am turned off by it. Yeah. I, I think there's going to be a lot of... Uh, Here's the thing that I, I said when when you look at how how the Lions and, and the Bears and everybody faces up in uh, the NFC North now. It's like all four teams figured out, it, kind of the Packers, but it's like all four teams figured out at the same time, hey, we just need quarterbacks. We just need offense. We need to get better receivers. We need to get – like I don't think we've ever seen this, right? Like it was always right, like – the, the Packers had a quarterback. The Bears had the defense. The, mm-hmm. the Lions were a defensive team with running, right? The Vikings had, you know, quarterbacks pop in here or there, but they were more like we've never seen team. all four yep. teams at once say, no, we need offense and we need a lot of offense. This is going to be a high-powered, a high-scoring NFC North, I believe, this season. For Yeah, it feels like it's, tur- it's turned on its head ever since, I don't know, Really, the last couple of years, like when Minnesota moves on from Mike Zimmer, that's not a defensive-minded yeah. team anymore. They go all in on Kevin O'Connell trying to bring the best out of Kirk Cousins, and it worked. Yeah. They're a thirteen and three team. They had a bad defense last year. We'll see what they do. But like the Lions, go out and find a quarterback, have stability at that position. They move Matthew Stafford, who was not the problem. Like back in those years, it's just they got a lot of draft capital to build around a quarterback that works in that offense. Same thing with the Bears going all in on Justin Fields. And the Packers made the move on Jordan Love because they knew the day that Aaron Rodgers was going to be retiring or moving on or any of the other options that (laughs) were on the table back then. (laughs) Like that was coming. So they are following the trend among the rest of the league that you have to have a quarterback to win. And for the first time in a while, there are a lot of unknowns in the NFC North. It's not, hey, Aaron Rodgers, future Hall of Famer, guy might win the MVP this year. He's sitting up there in Green Bay. It's 
you got a group of really promising quarterbacks. Kirk Cousins is the best quarterback in your division right now. I don't know if we'd ever think we would have said that about the NFC North, but it's true. It's, yeah, it's, and we'll see what that's like. By, it feels wrong, but is you're it going right. to be by, by season's end? Are we going to be saying Jared Goff is the best quarterback in this division? I think by this is a very, very, very tough prediction to make, but whether the numbers extrapolated out or not by the end of this season, I believe that we'll be talking about Justin Fields as the best quarterback in this division because of everything that he can do that none of the rest mm-hmm. of them can do. Maybe Jordan Love a little bit. I haven't seen Jordan Love have to get outside the pocket a ton in his time in Green Bay and the few games he's played. But the fact that Justin Fields can take off, can throw the ball on the run, can hit the deep ball, can and hopefully will right take a little bit more of the intermediate stuff just to move the chains down the field like we saw at the end of the season. I think that he just has talents that the rest of these guys don't have. He's got to put the passing together. Sure. I'm putting a lot of pressure on you right now, Justin. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I, I mean, that that's expected if that's you're a expected. quarterback. <laughs> a good quarterback. So I, I think that Justin Fields will be talked about as the best talent-wise quarterback in this division. It may not extrapolate out to the best yards per uh, game or whatever, or uh, um, completion percentage. Sure. But I think I think when we look at it, we'll be talking about him over Goff. I do think Goff's good. I think he found he found his niche. I give him credit. It's I think Jared fit. Goff found his niche. And, it's a and good fit. Amon Ross St. Brown makes things easy. Yeah. <laughs> they not, the only thing that's going to be a detriment to that game, of course, because of the gambling issues that they've had in Detroit, yeah, you're not going to have Jamison Williams in that game. Yeah. I would have really liked to see, I think everybody would have really liked to have seen him because of the injury, how he started out his career last year. By the time he's back, you will have missed 17 games in yeah. two years. That's a hindrance. I do wonder when the NFL was putting the schedule together, like how far it went back when they did like, was this in the mix when they thought Jamison Williams was not going to be suspended the first six games? And I know you don't base a schedule on one player, but like yeah. that definitely takes some intrigue it a little offense, bit yeah. like out of it because he's not going to be there. But again, you know, they clearly like Jameer Gibbs, the running back that they drafted they 12th overall. <laughs> Is it 12th overall? 12th overall. Yeah. After the trade. And I know that David Montgomery is a big going to be a big part of that running back room. So what their offense looks like, how Jared Goff functions within that offense with the couple new really important pieces, yeah. that's going to be fun to watch. Do you like so this is very different. The the I, I don't think I've seen a season where this is played out this way. We're opening the season against the Packers. We don't play the Packers again until week 18. Yeah. Do you like the the longevity of that? Is there? I guess there's like maybe both of these guys are in the hunt teams and you can monetize on it on week 18. But realistically, if either one of them has any success, we're hoping that their players aren't, at least one team, probably their players aren't going to play in that final game. Yeah, because, I mean, if one team is playoff, but it's like already locked up a postseason yeah. bid, you'd think they'd rest their starters. I don't know with either team that like anybody would be projecting that right now. Not certainly not for the bears, but um, it's interesting because the gap between the two, I was racking my brain on that this morning, trying to figure out, have I ever like for division in inner division in the NFC North, have I ever covered a team week one that the Vikings or didn't happen last year with the bears that they played again in week 18 or week 17. And the answer is no. I mean, the Bears and the Vikings have played a lot of times, like those late season, like either week 17, week 18 last yeah. year, week 15, I think it was a couple of years ago. But I've never 
I actually don't know if I've ever had a division game in the last or a, a, a road Green Bay or like another like trying to think cold weather environment. I guess it would have just been here when I was covering the Vikings happen that late. But I've also have had the home game earlier yeah. in the year. Like that's a pretty big. I mean, it's the biggest gap you can have. Yeah, so. I mean, one. Yeah, it's it's so weird just to see right like that because of how prime time. Well, even when the Bears suck. Right, but just because of the rivalry when mm-hmm. the Bears sucked last year, even when the Bears have sucked, just because of the rivalry, you'll usually get that on a Sunday night on like week eleven or something like that. But the the fact that like the the gap in between there is, I was really intrigued to see that they it, like I guess that is kind of the NFL saying we know you guys are the bottom, right? Like you're probably bringing up the rear with resetting this thing. Hopefully, right? This is a this is a more important game by the end of the season, but you're probably a couple of teams that we're not going to worry about by the end of it. Yeah. I think that could be some ration there, like that rationale behind it. The only, like I would imagine a new, they'll all probably be playing at noon again. Like it's going to be cold either way. I was like trying to rationalize it. Is it better? Like in a week 18, they probably won't be flexing the Sunday night football. (laughs) Um, How's this going to work out? I mean, it's still going to be cold. It's going to be a frozen tundra up there. That's fun. I mean, I think for just like fans who want to travel up there to go to the game first weekend of January, first full weekend of January, I believe it would be the 7th of January. I I like the idea. I haven't covered a snow game at Lambeau Field in a couple of years. I mean, the Bears played their week two last year. The Vikings, when I covered them in 2021, that was, I think, God, when was that game? I think it was, it was early in the year, but I just I like the idea of a late season Lambeau Field game. Hey, we got a late season Lambeau game. We got a, a early season Lambeau game or a Chicago game versus the Packers as well. So we'll see kind of how that all shapes out. Uh, let's get into the second quarter here. Second quarter. Because now we got to get into at least for what we know the games that we know, yes. right? The, the Bears have, and and you have, you know, your sources and all of that. I I have no sources. I just have the radio and all this stuff. <laughs> I'm working on a list of sources here, Courtney. I'm trying to get my game up, but uh, we do know a few games that the Chicago Bears at least will uh, be playing. I believe we know six or seven of them. Uh, we talked about Week One and Week 18 at Green Bay. Yes, Courtney, give us the scoop. Who else are we going to see? So the ones that are out there right now, and again, like some of these, you hope that they're not wrong, but the where we've compiled them from pretty reputable places. So we know the Green Bay games. The week five Thursday night game at Washington. And then they come home. They're against Minnesota week six. Yep. So it's 10 days in between those two. And then the next game that we know, Carolina, coincidentally, also on Thursday night football, that one's home. And we're going to go back to the Thursday night football thing in a minute. But then the other ones that we know at Detroit week 11 at Minnesota week 12, Monday night football home against Detroit week 14 at Cleveland week 15. And then of course the green Bay game uh, week 18, those two Thursday night games though, this was a big proposal that was brought up in Phoenix and owners meetings, two parts of it, the flexing of Thursday night football between weeks 14 and 17, mm. which I believe the 15 day heads up that you're, that you would be giving fans. That's something the bears and the giants. And there's one more team. It was like 29 to three yeah. voted. Yes. And the bears were among the teams that said no on that. 
So then they end up becoming a team that has, and, and granted those games, like I just mentioned, that doesn't fall into the week 14 to 17 window, but they do get the two Thursday night football games, right. which I'm not a huge fan of. I don't, we don't know how the rest of the schedule is going to shake out and what their opponent is going to be before week four in week four. Right when that game's going to be. And then of course, will there be a buy potentially in week nine before they have that Thursday night game in, in week 10 against Carolina. But the NFL was really pushing this. They wanted to get, they want teams because I think the Amazon product last year, (laughs) um, I'll try to be nice. Like, I mean, it was, those games were a struggle. I mean, we think about the awful Washington game that we got last year at soldier field. And it's just the product itself has to be better if people, if that's going to be a sustainable thing and the NFL is not going to let it fail. Yeah. So I think by allowing more teams to be on Sunday night, to be on Thursday night football twice, I think that's their belief that that's going to help it. We don't know though. Player safety comes into effect. Um, certainly, you know, where those games fall. Like if there's game that might have some like, you know, jockeying of positioning in the division and like games certainly with playoff implications. Are those going to be Thursday night games that we see across the rest of the league? How that affects that will be interesting. But I, to see Bryce Young on Thursday night football, 10 weeks into the season, that's it. That's, I mean, what will he look like 10 weeks into the season? Will it all look like it's coming together? Will he still look like he's a rookie learning how to figure this out? Assuming, you know, the he does assuming there's no injuries, assuming everything else. I mean, what does Carolina look like at that point? Because the Bears have their number one pick next year. And they got some pieces. Like, I give them credit. Like Carolina was not like we're coming into the season and we're going to throw Bryce Young out here with nothing, mm-hmm. right? They go out, they get some receiver piece. They add feeling to the roster, right? Like, I, I mean, like Carolina is going to be, I, I love that it, that game in particular, I love that it's week 10 because I feel like now there's no excuses on either side, right? Maybe Bryce, right? He's still going to have the rookie uh, uh, implications on him and, and the development and stuff like that. But with Justin Fields, by week 10, you got to be into it. Yeah, You got to be ready to go. You need to be coming into every single week ready to play. And it's, it, it's interesting. I, you brought up right the, the Thursday night football thing. Do you think that they're trying to at least make it a little bit better by kind of giving teams that mini buy every time? Right, we're not seeing the like. I, I feel like in the past, yeah, the Sunday stretch. to Thursday to then you're playing Sunday again, or you're, you know, like we're not seeing that as much. No, and and when they were voting on this, like the proposal had to include some changes to how they schedule. Of course, if you have a road Thursday night game, you're not going to have a road Sunday game the week before and having four, not even four days. It's just four calendar days. But in terms of prep and everything else, you have like a day and a half. Probably not going to be seeing a lot of that. And I, I just feel like more than anything there, the league is concerned about its, product like it wants good team it wants to have good games thursday night for a while has kind of been the you know the runt of can, nfl scheduling yeah. and the games have been terrible can, can you name one good thursday game from last year there was not last year no last year's thursday night games were all god awful um i think that there was a i want to say 2021 maybe that was the year where there actually was like some good 
Thursday night football games. I think we got Chiefs Bengals on a Thursday night one of those years, right? Like there were some good ones, but then mm-hmm. it's the overwhelming product is bad and, and you can't expect it to be great. No, you're telling these guys, hey, listen, get your body. Re-. I, I was listening to um, it, 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 Travis Kelsey he was talking on his podcast with, with Jason and they were talking about kind of how long does it take you to get your body ready? And he was like, by Friday. I'm usually starting to feel like myself again. And mm-hmm. that's with like ice baths, everything that I have to go through to, to get back to that. He's like, a Thursday night game is done. Like I never get to feel like myself again. And then you got to go get into a train wreck. Yeah. And think about Tua last year from, and granted the NFL has to be so ultra co- like conservative about the concussion approach going yeah. forward this year. But that was a Sunday afternoon, a Sunday afternoon game in Miami. And then they go travel to Cincinnati for the Thursday night game after he exhibited concussion symptoms against Baltimore and then what happened with the fencing position, just how horrible it was him getting right. carted off the field on a stretcher in Cincinnati four days later. Concussions now are going to be such a big part of it. So if you have one, there is no way in hell you are playing Thursday. There's yeah. just no way. They're not going to like go ahead and do that anymore or put anybody at risk of that because they're already at risk as a league of getting sued like Every in an day. insane way in ways that like we've we cannot fathom yet because you don't want that and you just you got to be focused on player safety and if concussions aren't enough if we didn't see the issues of it last year if it's not enough to like make you change what you're doing then then i don't know what will but like i think that thing alone if we see anybody in any game display signs of head trauma yeah. they're not playing in a thursday night game and they're and there's just going to be a no questions asked sort of thing not yeah. oh look you pass the protocol like you're in stage three how can you quick how quickly can you get to the five you know stage five that's just not going to happen anymore yeah and it, it needs to not I, I think the one thing to me that the nfl hasn't done a good enough job at is is making sure that all the players know like my issue with Tua was like it looked like Tua didn't know how to fall, and and he ended up I believe he ended up taking judo, judo lessons yeah. after the season because he wanted to learn kind of how to fall. Like Tua just let his body get slammed, and I think that the NFL needs to maybe take steps on like, hey guys, like I know you've tackled your entire life, but this is how you need to fall when mm-hmm. you get tackled so that you don't like. And at the end of the day, listen, it's football, it's a collision sport. You're never going to get all of the concussions out of it, but use everything that you can to try and get the most out of it. I think that that's the one thing where like Thursday night football just doesn't make sense. <laughs> and it's not going away. It's, it's a not, billion dollar organization. And They're Amazon not put such an investment into getting those games yes. that it's going to make sure it gets the return on that investment. If the NFL could, there'd be games every day of the week. What? Like they're abs- <laughs> look at yeah. Remember COVID is like the two Tuesday. o'clock on a Wednesday, and you're like, hey, the, let's go watch the Steelers. Are the Steelers like, playing right now? It's. I hate that it's like that because yeah. I and it's not that you have to be a traditionalist and watch football like only on Sundays, but we've got Sunday games, we have Monday games, we have a Black Friday game this year. Yep. There's a Thursday game. There's Saturday games always at the end of the season, yep. like week seventeen and week yeah week seventeen and eighteen nothing's going to change that though. We can talk about it, but yeah. it literally makes no sense to continue to harp on it because the NFL is good. Any window it has to take the spotlight away from the NBA, the spotlight away from college football, the spotlight away from any other day, yeah. they're going to try to have their product and their brand because 
the top, if you go back and look at like the top 50 broadcast of 2022, 30 ish of them were NFL were football games, yeah. which is crazy to think about like live broadcast, not the NBA, not any other sport, you know, world events, news, things like that, but the NFL, the NFL dominates. And so they want to dominate the schedule. And very clearly they have a nice path to doing that. And, and we're all hypocrites. Cause we're like, they shouldn't do this. And, and we will watch. Going we to be will watching watch every minute on Thursday. I will sit down and watch a Jacksonville Jaguars versus Washington commanders game, knowing that it will probably end 14 to 11. Hey, <laughs> Jaguars might be a good team. They just got relegated to London for <laughs> two games. This they year, they but... love London. They have a big following there. They do, but like, does the NFL hate the Jaguars? Is my question. <laughs> Why put them over there? I know that Shad Khan, their owner, has been, you know, tinkering with the idea that maybe London is they will have opportunity, yeah. more opportunity in London. But well, he wants to move the team there, doesn't he? Wasn't there talk on that? Where he's about, like, and now there's the idea that their stadium, which could be under construction, they might have to be out of there for two years. Yeah, maybe they will relocate them to London just, during just that. London, the travel on that would be insane. Same. I think I think you'd hate it if you're a player. If you got if you're the Rams and you got to play Jacksonville in London, that sounds crazy. How are you going to attract free agents? That's my question. I don't I don't think it's a good idea. <laughs> oh, I never, I didn't even think of it from that aspect. I've thought about that. I'm like they've got two games over there this year. They're a road team and they're a home team. I think the orders flipped on that. But like if they really move the Jags to London, how do you attract free agents? <laughs> I never even thought about that. I mean, like, some guys might want to go over there, fresh start, but but imagine a lot of people are like, my family's here. My yeah, life is here. Yeah. I don't want to be paying, like, you know, inflation. The euro is very expensive. The euro is like, very expensive, yes. The, you you thought, and you go from being tax-free in Jacksonville to being... Yeah. To have to, to get paid in the year, that's a tough time. Hey, man, we're going to keep this thing pushing along. We still got a lot to talk about with what, what the Bears' schedule is, how they're going to keep going. Courtney, favorite time of the day. We are at halftime. Yes. Do you have any special nuggets for us? Nothing NFL-related. Okay. Because we are in the thick of like the NBA playoffs. Do you know what happened, gosh, however many years ago 2007 was? 15? You're going to make me do math. There's a reason I talk sports, Courtney. I'm going to look this up because it was more than a decade ago. So I used to cover the Golden State Warriors when I lived out in the Bay Area. And back in 2007, remember the We Believe team? Yep. 16 years ago today was the Baron Davis dunk over Andre Kirilenko. Okay. I just like thought about that this morning. I'm like, I know this day, like... Because I was watching the Warriors last night. Shout out it, AK-47, you know. one of the greatest nicknames of all time. Yeah, and keep <laughs> and keeping the Warriors keeping the series against the Lakers alive last night. And it got me thinking, I was like, when was that? Like the you know, Utah Golden State series, when yeah. they were like a nothing franchise. Yeah. And that dunk that he that Baron Davis had, and of course, like the Utah and ended up winning that series in, in five. Um that moment like sparked something that was not happening right then and there, but like years down the line, the Warriors dynasty beginning with Stephen Curry. So one guard paving the way, like probably not knowing what he was doing in real time, paving the way for the next jet, like the, the Stephen Curry generation to come in and to make that place an absolute dynasty. Who knows? Like if there's a parallel between that and the bears and that, you know, Justin Fields might, 
you know, whoever it was to pave the road for Justin Fields. Like, I don't know if there is a pair. I was trying to like draw something, but I'm like, as long who as knows? it doesn't end in Matt Nagy. As like, long as it doesn't. <laughs> who knows where it would have started, but it just kind of felt like that was the moment where you saw things turn for yeah. that franchise. And it was that was 2007. Yeah. You know, Curry wasn't drafted for, you know, a couple years after that. So how can that like I, I just like following trends and in, in arcs of things yeah. and seeing how that was the the launch point for that franchise, even though they didn't get to assume success right away, like yeah. after that it was still kind of cool to see them in the national spotlight in the playoffs. And, you know, now years later running the NBA, who knows if the dynasty will end in game six. I really like the NBA playoffs. That's, you know, been kind of like my bread and butter, like the last couple months, yeah. um, you know, last couple weeks really following it outside of, you know, the NFL because it is a quieter time, but yeah, 16 years ago today, the, we believe team and the dunk hurt around the playoffs. I, I remember that this is the one part that I think that we don't, get in sports anymore i remember exactly where i was mm -hmm. because that was the only game that was happening that i could see i don't even know there might have been another game on it like similar time but that was the only game that was on that i could watch um i was at my grandfather's house <laughs> sitting see? next to my down uncle memory lane and and like i just remember i just remember my uncle just being like screaming like Kevin Harlan <laughs> next to me because we were it was just such an unexpected dunk. I know I like I was watching it earlier. I'm going to pull it up again. I just remember seeing like the way that he took off because there was some sort of there's been like documentaries done on this like the trash talk that Karolinko had on Bear, like the back and forth him and Baron Davis. Is, is it's the just, dunk here. Yeah. Is the dunk. Like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Karolinko's six nine. Aaron <laughs> Davis, and, and then the shirt, the the pulling of the jersey. Like I do miss Oracle Arena. I've never been to Chase Center. Yeah. So like I covered the Warriors when they were in Oracle in sixteen and seventeen, and that place gets loud as hell. The sound and, meter that we were doing back then, by the way, yeah. is is great. And it's just such a fun moment <laughs> that that franchise needed because they were, you know bottom of the barrel uh in the western conference and yeah. for them to get into the playoffs alone was was remarkable and you know the we believe warriors team was was one of those cool little engine that could sort of teams and just yeah. like a conglomerate of misfits steven jackson was on that team monte ellis um yeah Richardson, uh, Quentin Richardson Quentin was on Richard that team. Oh, Quentin like, Richardson. If you go back and Take look, like back. it's really fun. Like my like Chicago hoops ties from like you know oh seven. Of course, that was the year that like Derrick Rose was drafted yeah. by by the Bulls, and then you know how what those rosters looked like back then, especially that team. It was a, really a group of misfits. Um, and it worked. It worked. <laughs> Sometimes that's all you need. Hey, I, I'll take it. I'll take it. You don't always need good guys on your team to win. Um, but you do need good talent. And there was a lot of good talent. on See, I forgot Steven Jackson and Baron Davis mm -hmm. is such a odd pairing. Like who thought that was a great idea? That was for, for stack. That was like his opportunity after the whole Pacers yeah, situation. Yeah, they yeah. gave him a shot and he made the most. That's I feel like people know him more for the Warriors part of his career than that's true. You know, Indiana, you, you, you don't think about him as much in Indiana. Besides the fight. Besides the fight. Yeah. That's facts. 
hundred percent. Hey, that is that is a great nugget for halftime. That's why I love halftime. You can bring if if we're allowed to bring random we, things. How do we connect that the to NFL. the Bears? Like, well, I was trying. A, yeah. I, I really was. I'm like, oh, I wonder if I could pull some parallels here because, you know, the success that Curry and that group and how they've constructed that roster. You have your superstar, and then you bring in another superstar with Clay. You bring you draft another superstar with Draymond, who didn't look like one at the time. He's a yeah. second round pick, and now he's a future Hall of Famer. And you continue to piece that roster. You have a core that in the ancillary pieces around the core change, but the core stayed the same since 2012. 2012 like, yeah. is that are there parallels between what the Bears are doing now? I mean, they're trying to find they have their core. You we believe it's Justin, a core that has Justin Fields, DJ Moore, DJ Moore, um, Darnell Mooney, Cole Komet. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. you, especially on offense, you have your young pieces. There's not many players over Roshan 25 Johnson. years old. Yeah. <laughs> Roshan like, Johnson. <laughs> it's, who knows? Maybe, maybe this version is, and I don't know if this is the right parallel, but like maybe they can be like this, that this 2007. I, and the, the thing with the 07 We Believe team was like they were probably a year ahead. Like, nobody expected them to be yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if the bears are a team that overachieves this year, then there's another parallel right there. I think, listen, I said the bears floor is seven wins, but don't be surprised if they, because of how many one score games there were last year. Don't be surprised if they pull out eight. I wouldn't be surprised if they pull out nine, 10 might shock me. Mm-hmm. 10 might shock me a little bit. We get 10 wins. We got a franchise quarterback. Well, this ain't the they got to find out either way, whether effect. it's seven, seven wins or eight wins. I mean, seven, seven should be the floor. Seven should be our floor. Like to find out if he's a franchise quarterback. Yeah. If, if we got five wins coming out of this season, something we're looking for a new quarterback next season, probably. So let's hope that doesn't happen. Hey, we got to talk about how they get these wins because we do still got some games that are on the schedule. But also as we get to the third quarter here. Third quarter. Great halftime by the recording. Uh, Bears' strength of schedule is out. The Chicago Bears rank 16th as, as I go to hit it, and it completely goes away from me. Uh, the Chicago Bears rank 16th as far as strength of schedule goes this season. A 497 strength of schedule. First off, is that fair? You win three games and you come back. Yeah, to you, literally a 500 schedule. Basically. I mean, if we were going on fairness, then it would be We'd the worst team having the easiest schedule the following year. But I don't you and I are talking like before the podcast. I don't know any sport that does that. I don't either. Actually, I, 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 I would say I think the odd part about it is that the NFL kind of does do that where you play the teams that you're kind of slated against for the most part, like you're going to play a more third place schedule, usually stuff like that. Um, But our, like we were talking about, right? Like the home and away thing. We talked about it yesterday with uh, Jason on the pod. Like when you really talk about the bears home, their home schedule looks very winnable. It's favorable. Their okay, away schedule looks very insane. Yeah. I, I mean, like literally I'm hoping that we go, 497 on the road <laughs> because of how yeah. tough it's going to be. I mean, they go from having the ninth easiest schedule last year to like the 15th easiest schedule. And of yeah. course, you can flip that the other way and say it's like 17th hardest schedule. Yeah. All those things like they were still a three win football team last yeah. year. 
They have Arizona at home. They've got Atlanta at home. They've got Carolina at home. Of course, you know, three division opponents that are, you know, the same every single year. And then I was just looking this up. I mean, like all of their home games feel like they, you know, I, I use the word favorable. I don't want to say winnable just because we don't know how the schedule is going to stack up. We don't know like what these other teams are going to look like, Where but Arizona, Atlanta, Carolina, Denver, yeah. like all of these teams had problems last year, probably yeah. not as big of problems as the Chicago bears that resulted in a three win schedule. But like, does Denver is Denver confident that Sean Payton's going to be able to like fix Russell Wilson. Apparently they are by the contract, but yeah. that's not a gimme. Um, the Raiders were a team last year that, of course, with you know the uh, situation now, a new quarterback in town with Jimmy Garoppolo, what do they look like? Giant question mark. And then and they still don't have receivers they can catch. No. I mean, <laughs> they got they, Devontae Adams, but outside got of that. Devontae Adams, and then, <laughs> then what? They don't have their, t- their like, superstar tight end anymore and yeah. Darren Waller, so... Yeah. I like their their home opponents. Yeah. Granted, we don't know how the schedule is going to look like with all of these opponent with, you know, Arizona. I'm going to say them again. Arizona, Atlanta, Carolina, Denver, Detroit, Green Bay, Vegas, and Minnesota. So they have eight home games, nine road games this year. Yeah. If I'm correct, I think that was flipped last year. Yes. So we had more home games. It didn't so, matter, but we did. So <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if it'll matter if it'll be like a deciding factor in wins and losses this next year, but like the the road opponents, you gotta go to Kansas City in Kansas City, by the yeah. way. If we haven't said that it, enough. Is in it, Kansas City. Nobody has to learn German to go to Kansas City. You can You can if you, you want can. to take the Duolingo, educate yourself. Um New Orleans, hard place to play. Uh, I don't know what people say about Tampa Bay. I know that, that team is going through yeah, a major period of transition. Who should. knows if Baker Mayfield's going to be good down there, if he can show some of the promise that he had late in the season with the Rams, but I don't know. I'll argue that that will be our biggest test of our offensive line, though. Yeah. That Tampa Bay front yep. line, um, even adding in the draft to it. I mean, like, I think that that's going to be the, the yeah, probably like the a game that will be very winnable. Mm-hmm. Because of Baker Mayfield being Baker, like you don't know which Baker you're going to get. But I think that that's going to be probably the biggest test of our offensive line to see. And and that's that's a game that'll be really intriguing kind of to see where it falls, even mm-hmm. because if it falls early in the season, oh, crap. Well, all right, well, this kid's trying to figure it out mm-hmm. and he's got JPP standing on the other side or. If it's later in the season, Darnell Wright hopefully has shown us that he's got his game plan together, and now he gets his toughest test. And to to eliminate a cold-weather game late in the season would probably be, I don't think anybody on the Bears would complain about that, going down to Tampa yeah. in December. Yeah, no, I listen, I, I, it's tough because, right, without Tom Brady there, I, I've, I've looked at the schedule, and I'm like, which one? I know I'm going to go to an away game. Which one do I want to go to? And I was like, I really want to go to Tampa but I don't think there's going to be much to watch in that game. So I don't want to go to that game. <laughs> I mean, I get it. It's the when the Bears played down there. Was it 2019? No, we played them recently because we played 21? against Brady down there. When was Foles here? 2021. Was full 21? That's when we played them. We played them in Tampa. Then. And then they lost. When Brady forgot. Yeah. When Brady the, forgot fourth down. Fourth down. And But I mean, like, 
I just they're such a weird team because I can't figure out they did end up keeping more pieces. I thought yeah. they were going to start siphoning off assets. I thought, I thought Mike I thought Mike Evans was out the door yeah. uh, because it was a team that looks like they're in a rebuild and they very much are in a rebuild because Tom Brady's not their quarterback anymore. But yeah. even last year they looked like they had fallen off. They backed their way into the postseason because they're in the NFC eight, South. Eight wins, eight and nine, they got in basically. Yeah, yeah, and I mean the NFC South now. Talk about a place where you have a lot of unknowns at quarterback. I yeah. mean Derek Carr. They'll face him down in New Orleans in the Superdome, a hard place to play. Bryce Young, you'll get your chance to say, hey, should, you know, is he looking pretty good? I yeah. mean, you won't have buyer's remorse or, you know, or seller's remorse with the pick at any point, like when you see him. But there will be those until you actually see what he pans out like. But there will be those moments if he has a great game and beats Justin Fields. I don't know. Like, here, come, here comes you, there, the there's the conversation. Yeah. People are going to be like, oh, man, they shouldn't have passed up on him. Yeah. I mean, whether you believe it or not, that will be the conversation. Yeah. And then, of course, with Atlanta, Desmond Ritter, at quarterback, what does he look like? Yeah. And then, you know what you have in Baker Mayfield. They faced him before, but I I'm intrigued by that because the NFC South is very like worst to first sort of feel with yeah. that division. Well, I, I I agree. And that's why, to me, right, the Panthers, everybody's got this foregone conclusion that we're going to finish with a top five pick. I'm, I I'm trying to figure out where camp. we got that from. Like, I don't yeah. think that they got – here's the thing for me. You didn't get worse at the quarterback position. You got worse in the, in the wide receiver room. I'll give you that. But you definitely got better at quarterback at a minimum, hopefully, right? Like, mm -hmm. well, well, maybe not hopefully. I, I want them to lose as much as possible. But for them, hopefully. Um, and – you still got some some teeth on that defense a little bit there. And I, I don't think they won seven games last season in a season that they at a certain point they were like, we have to lose, <laughs> like get rid of Christian McCaffrey, get rid of right. Like, so I don't see them as this team that's going to lose. They have a young core. They have a young defense. They've got games, great pieces. Yeah. I mean, Brian Burns, Jeremy Chin. Yeah. Um, the other cornerback, uh, JC was uh, Horn. JC Horn? Horn. Yep. Yeah. Yep, like, yep. Yep. I, I don't see it. I don't know where that idea came from that like <laughs> their first round pick that the bears will have next year. Like, Oh man, it could be number one. Like, could it? No, I don't think so. I, I like, think we'd be lucky to get 15. Like yeah. that's how I feel like they have here's Carolina the, was almost a playoff team last year. And this is what I keep telling people. The thing that you forget is they get basically six games against teams that we all think are pretty bad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So, so while they may be bad, I don't think it's going to be that bad. Um, but yeah, I, I just think that looking at what this Bears team strength of schedule and how, how they're going through, how, how they're going to go through this season, games like that, games like the Packers, there are so many games. We got Cleveland this year, right? Don't we yep. have Cleveland uh, at home? Uh, on the road. On the road. Cleveland. There are so many games that are going to be defining moments and what Justin Fields' career is going to be, and I think they happen now. Sure. Like no. Th that's I that's totally going to agree be with that. beating Bryce Young, beating the Packers, hopefully, finally, right? Um, revenge game versus Cleveland, I think, is going to be huge. And Justin Fields versus Deshaun Watson. Yeah, that to me, like seeing what Deshaun Watson looks like, because we know he looked terrible when he came back from suspension last year. What version of Deshaun still exists? We think he's one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL from an on-field perspective. Um, and you think that he'll be able to recapture some of that because he hasn't played a full season since 2021? 2020. 2020. 2020. Because so, he didn't play. Yeah, just 2020. Yep. And like they haven't had... 
I think about all those Houston teams. Like, what about that 2019 version of Deshaun Watson that they were up against the Chiefs at halftime in a playoff game? Does that version still exist? I believe it does. But how, you know, how quickly is it going to come on for Deshaun Watson this season? And when he and Justin Fields face off, like, they will have had 14 other 14 weeks to get up to this point. So you're not getting the kinks out against Deshaun Watson early on. Like you're really doing it at a point that you should know what Justin Fields is. You shouldn't be like, like we were talking about with Carolina, like week 10, any game beyond then you should know what your quarterback is not like, Oh, well he's, you know, we're, we're learning how to utilize him better in the red zone. We're learning a lot. We're learning how to utilize him better on design runs. Like all those things need to be figured out by the point you fit you by the end of your season, but particularly in those games where it's a quarterback duel yeah. against two quarterbacks that very well could be, could be eventually some of the best in the league. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think about the, the part that always, there's two things that always get me with Deshaun. And it's the reason I think he's going to bounce back. Cause he's been through some bad, like his first year, he basically had tight ends blocking for him. Like, I remember his rookie year. Had, just, yeah, in 18? 18, 18, yeah. Worst I worst re- offensive line. It was worse than the Bears this I, past I, year. I remember being like, who? It, that guy's not heavy enough to be on the offensive line. Like, why is he blocking right now? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, it was, and he was amazing. And then I think about 2020, where literally it was nothing there. Like, you had dismantled pretty much the entire team. And I believe he still leads the NFL in passing yards. He still was top five in passing touchdowns that season. And it's like, oh, it, it doesn't... That That's the reason why I put my expectations high with Justin. Sure. Because I'm like, I've watched people in situations where the coach is an idiot, the, the, the players around him aren't up to par, and they still looked really good. Yeah. So if Justin's going to be this guy, that's kind of the situation that I'm looking at. Um, let's get into the fourth quarter because uh, we got a little bit of time left here. And we got to talk about, because you brought this up, how the charter franchise is just still so powerful in the NFL, even through all of our struggles. What did you mean by that? So they're a primetime team still. And you think about the two Thursday night games. Well, you can think whatever you want about Thursday night football. It's still a primetime game. It's still the only game on that night. And all eyeballs are on that product. There's a Monday night game. We believe there will be a Sunday night game. If all those things pan out when we get the schedule tonight, that's four primetime games. The Chicago Bears, a team that had the worst record in the NFL last season and won three games. The brand carries strong, and then being a charter franchise is absolutely part of it, but I also think the quarterback intrigue. Remember how many primetime games that Denver was scheduled for last year? Yep. It was the quarterback intrigue. It was Russell Wilson, and everybody wanted to see, man, can he take some of the magic that made him great in Seattle and let him to a Super Bowl, and can he can he do it in Denver? And all of those like revenge matchups that they had, of course, we all remember, remember what Seattle and... Denver looked like and that awful some of the awful game decisions that happened in that moment and of course on the other side of it was great because you got to see like Geno Smith rebirth his legend in that game with his you know with the what was the one-liner that he dropped about I didn't call back like oh they they told me oh what did he say they told me 
I left. Oh my god, it was a good bar. It's like I I ain't call back. Um, yeah, I didn't call back. Drop it in the comments. Y'all know what he said. Dang it, I can't think. But of that was it. a cool moment. It Again, was. a primetime game that you thought the outcome was going to be Russell Wilson just you know de- not like demolishes the Seattle defense, and he didn't. Yeah. And that was that was a primetime game. And I remember there were moments where like, God, we had to watch this Denver team on primetime again. Yeah. Like the Bears are a team that no matter what you think about them, if you think they're a good team, if you think they're a bad team, they're still a powerful brand where eyeballs are going to be on that product. The fact that even like the pseudo primetime game in week one, the, America's game of the week is still a spot where there's less games on yeah. in that 325 window, more eyes on that product. They're not sticking them at noon. Yeah. Uh, you have four four opportunities that we know of right now where they're not at noon. So who knows like where the other games will fall and what, if there will be a Sunday night game, I, I, f- I feel like they'll get one. I they always the end up doing one. it, but even last year coming off, you know, a brand new staff, a new front office, you know, a quarterback who I would bet you know probably out. the Cleveland game, the week 15 game, probably the Cleveland game, just because I'm trying to think, right? Like we know both Minnesota games. We know both the, no, we don't know both Detroit games yet. So maybe Detroit could, could be. be one, two. Detroit has a lot of primetime games, too, by the way. Like, I looked at that. I was like, a, my God. That's a stark change yeah. from years past, especially last year. But like they finished with a better record than the Bears. And I believe they were only they were flexing the primetime late in the season, but that might have been their only primetime game. The Bears still had a Thursday night game. They had a Monday yeah. night game. And they had Sunday night football. Yeah. Like and there was uncertainty about this team last year and not knowing what Justin Fields was going to look like, but because the quarterback intrigue, the brand itself, the market, let's not look past it. We're in Chicago. Like yeah. that's a huge part of this. Like no offense to Jacksonville, but like places like that are not going to have the same sort of buildup and the intrigue and, and just like the market power yeah. that a place like Chicago does. It's a no brainer. So, and there's too many teams in Florida too. So there's like, I don't have to be a Jaguars fan. I can be a Dolphins I mean, fan. The fan base, like you got to give bears fans credit through thick and thin. They stick around. And like, that's, I think that definitely plays into the national fan base. Yeah. You know, when you have a team that has a national brand and talk about those London games, if you go over there and you start looking around at like all the jerseys that are there, there's a lot of Bears jerseys. You'll see a lot of Erlacher jerseys. You'll see a lot of, you know, old school Bears jerseys because this is one of the oldest franchises in the NFL. And that has staying power to yeah. it. So the NFL wants to like put that product on in like prime spots and make it visible. I love the fact that it, it does show here's here's the one thing that I'll never take away. We are the blind faith fan base. We start off every season the same, don't we, Bears fans? Hey, I can see how this works out. <laughs> I can find 10 wins in here. We got a shot. We'll Talk win five games. Yeah. We'll win five games. We'll be like, hey, you never know right here. He might he might have a bad ankle. Sometimes that ankle's gimpy. Week six, we might be able to get that game. They're like, we, we, we don't usually get them. But I think there's also a different feeling about how the Bears are going about their business. That adds to the prime time. And I think we'll actually keep our prime time games this year. You know, like, mm-hmm. like uh, then we we got flexed out of two last year. No, they or had their, they had their Sunday night game in week two against Green Bay. Thursday night was against the commanders in 
Like I think it was week six. That was that the, was in Washington. No, right? it was here. Was that it was here? here. And then after that was Monday night against um against the New England Patriots. Against the Patriots. So there are only there are only three primetime games. On I the thought schedule. we had one more scheduled though. Didn't we? I thought we got flexed out of one last year. Maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. But uh, just the fact that, like you said, that this team the fan base is going to follow wherever we go. And that, that's the one thing that I do love when you see the opposing stadiums, right? Like the, the players have talked about, it, especially like Arizona games, the Tampa game, even right when the bears are, when the bears beat Tom Brady, mm-hmm. it sounded like we were at soldier field. <laughs> it didn't sound like we were in Tampa Bay. So I think that the, the fan base just pushes this franchise. And we, this is why we deserve a franchise quarterback. <laughs> this is why we deserve a competent football team. And I mean, you're right. Like those things, the the unknown about is Ryan Poles and his rebuild, is it going to work? Yeah. Is Matt Eberflus going to get this defense to a place where it's respectable yeah. again? Is this quarterback going to take the next step? Because if you take the next step in those primetime moments, that only drives up viewership for the NFL. And we know how many eyeballs are on this product yeah. on a weekly basis. All of those puzzle pieces fit really well together for the Bears to be a perfect primetime darling for this team. I know we've said that in years past, but the promise hasn't been there of, hey, they actually are doing things like that look like they make sense going in the right direction. Now they do. Yeah, it, it's it's going to be here's here's what I'll say at a minimum. We're going to know very early on how this season's going to go for us. I don't think that we're going to have this Jacksonville season where we're two and six and all of a sudden we run some games off. I think we're going to know because of the games that we do know, right? Like you said, Green Bay early, Washington's prime time, Minnesota right after that, right? We're going to know very early what this Bears do. Yeah, and that'll be good because gauging progress with fields is at the center of that. And the Bears do have to walk away from year three with an answer. They walked away from year two with the answer. Okay, we want to build around this guy. Now it's, is this guy capable of being the guy long-term? The question that everybody's going to poise to you all season will be this, especially all the Twitterites out there. Um, is it Fields or is it Getty? Who's who's going to be the person that we're going to be looking at if it doesn't go well? It'll be the quarterback. It will be the quarterback. It always is, and because they have a decision next spring to make on his fifth year option, it absolutely will fall on Justin Fields because, you know, offensive coordinators can come and go. If you have a quarterback and and he works like he he could solve a lot of problems for this franchise years, decades long problems. And it would, it would all, yeah, it's 100% Justin Fields. Hey, Let's do it. Let's get it. I need dubs. I need a week one win versus the Packers, at least. At least leave me leaving week one feeling good. Give me something this season. We appreciate Courtney, as always, for jumping in studio with us, man. Make sure that you guys hit that like button. Subscribe to the page and listen Monday through Friday on the ESPN Chicago app or wherever you get your podcast. As always, it's your boy, Pat the Designer. Back at it again tomorrow. We will be breaking down the schedule. And make sure you're listening to ESPN 1000 tomorrow at 1130. We're going to have Ryan Poles on with Black and Abdallah talking about the, the schedule. I mean, he, we're going to be talking about the schedule. Else? Everything else as well, but the schedule. Uh, y'all stay safe as always out there, Chicago. Big Bird Dime. Peace.